Shane Douglas. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Gene, welcome aboard. Good to have you with us. How are you today? Fine. Thank you very much for, for the invitation. I'm, it's my pleasure. I, 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 I went to seminary just to learn to communicate better because I went to a Christian college. I'm a chemist, and basically I didn't know what I ended up doing with it, and I ended up teaching chemistry for over 30 years in secular colleges and universities. So basically I'm very familiar with that thing, but I became a Christian when I was 15. So Cool. So, well, then, then uh, let, let's 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 talk about that for just a minute. How how important do you think that that is in in the decisions and the choices that uh, that we should be making as a nation? Well, I, well, I see, I see the whole concept of leadership as servant leadership, but that basically we have a responsibility to pick leaders who will treat the position as a position of service. Like I've been teaching chemistry for over thirty years and colleges and universities basically getting no credit, low pay, et cetera, and even running for Congress before in 2002 in U.S. Senate in Hawaii in 98 and 2000, it was to serve the serve an educational purpose more than anything else because I didn't necessarily expect to win because I've always seen that God puts people into leadership, either people they deserve, like in the case of Saul, or the people that God chooses like David, for example, the contrast, the biblical contrast there between both. And and I think in some respects, one of the topics mentioned in the email you sent me was about freedom. And uh, Adam and Eve, when they were placed in the Garden of Eden, had a lot of freedom. God just told them, don't eat this one tree. Mm -hmm. but, but basically, Eve was deceived and ate of the tree anyway, acting like God was a party pooper because the serpent said so. And unfortunately, that's the nature of the church these days. If they get an eloquent pastor or something that's preaching, teaching false doctrine, uh, they'll go along with it because it sounds good or something like that. And same with politicians and such like that. If they make promises and yet don't fulfill them, uh, it, it just shows they're just trying to get power and really don't care what the people think. And I think in some respects that basically if people don't pay attention and are unwilling to educate themselves, uh, they they get what they ask for. And unfortunately, we're stuck in that situation of of those those more conservatives that kind of let the let the liberals cheat. But they've been doing it for decades. It's no different from dead people, uh, dead people voting for John F. Kennedy in 1960. So. Basically, sure. Richard Nixon had to wait eight years before he became president, and uh, God used that, too, for his own purposes. But the point is, it, it, it's like I believe that God is the one that pe puts people into leadership for ill or gain, and it's it, part of his sovereignty that he works it out for whatever. And all my races have been in blue districts or blue states and such like that to try and stand up and say, I want educated people to come out and vote. Even if we don't "quote unquote" win, the point is we win the we win the battle ultimately because we will eventually convince people. God will use us to convince people to take the right personal stands in their own personal lives, as well as it provides a platform to get out there and do something. Whereas uh, most people would rather sit on their uh, sit on their recliner and watch TV instead of get involved, particularly when the issue of the day today is 
freedom to abuse and and uh, destroy and kill innocent children and infants and fetuses and such like that. And that's been the driving force of all my races, whether it be running for U.S. Senate in Hawaii, where I did pretty good in the in the primaries. I didn't expect to win the general, but it would be cool if I won the primaries. But the Democrats put in phony people to win the primary, so I wouldn't win. But I laughed. I still was a chemistry teacher. I still was a Christian. It's like it didn't matter to me. I did what. God Let me liked. ask you a question. You're you're running now in 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 North Carolina. Um, yes. Okay. North Carolina is a lot of North Carolina is considered to be conservative, although I know there are some really strong blue pockets. Is District 2 a blue pocket? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, for example, there's one uh, famous congressman who's famous now because it's on the Judiciary Committee, Dan Bishop, who was my congressman in Robeson County when I had a house down there. And, and if there's a Republican or even a conservative Democrat that uh, McIntyre was a pro-life Democrat back when that was fashionable. Right. Blue, blue dog Democrats, they call them. Yeah. And basically those people died out or retired and uh, because or they were, were run out or were run, run out. Really. Run out right. And, and so basically uh, I was content to not get involved because uh, I was happy with how the Republicans represented me. But I sold my house after retiring i had a three-bedroom house that my sons sons don't like to visit uh, to come back to visit a house so basically i decided to sell the house thing and move to one better apartment in raleigh near my son and his family i have twin granddaughters and it's the situation where basically i found myself in representative elizabeth ross's district and realized no one has taken on her vocally enough and and seriously enough to in a sense drive home the evilness of her political positions she might be a very nice lady but the fact that this person supports abortion from conception all the way till after birth and is essentially a eugenicist because she thinks it's okay to trans people which is essentially castrating girls and boys so that right. they, they can't have children Right, and, and that's the modern eugenicist thing. And even in nineteen seventy three, let me let me let me stop you for just a second. Uh, and and I, I'm I'm glad for you to bring in the history. And I've I've I actually I, I play uh, a Eric Holmberg has done a really good job of of outing what really happened uh, at Stonewall, and it's called from Selma to Stonewall. Uh, and I've talked a lot over the years with people about uh, the overhauling of straight America, that document, which is really the uh, the playbook for how they have managed to move move the uh, and indoctrinate the 16 to 25 year old crowd from roughly a three percent uh, participation in the LGBTQ alphabet soup uh, to now it's it's as high as. 39 to 40 percent, according to George Barna, whose research I, I respect very greatly. Well, uh, well, well, a lot of that is due to mentally ill parents, particularly mothers. It's it's Munchausen by proxy. Essentially, the, the mother might hate the father with a passion. She couldn't abort the kids. So she's stuck with this little boy that desperately wants her to love him and such like that. So she decides, well, I'm going to get back at my ex or whatever else. And I'm going to make him a little girl and, and then act like I approve more of him being a girl instead of a boy because he doesn't remind me of his father, so to speak. And it's it, it's a depraved 
is it a brave thing? Is it, essentially, oh, the left uses. Yeah, is it? Is it? But isn't it also what's happening in the schools as well? I mean, as soon as Oakland, and actually even before that, you can go back and and look at the history in in Massachusetts in particular, uh, in the high schools, they, they had sex education assemblies where they, uh, where they taught fisting and, and, and they demonstrated homosexual acts. I mean, it's 20 years ago. Well, I agree with you. I grew up in Swarthmore, Pennsylvania. Both my parents went to Swarthmore College. Uh, my older half-sister and brother were people in the 60s. Uh, it, it, they and their friends and other stuff like that at Swarthmore High School were were going to Hawaii to have abortions for vacation and such like that. This was in the 60s. And, and the, it's the offspring of those 60s people, SDS or whatever else, even the judge for Trump in Washington, D.C. is the daughter of a communist. And basically, it's a situation where they're taking over and the things because essentially the educational establishment, particularly administration and also the liberal arts, and the liberal arts, so to speak, has been hijacked by the communists and others essentially because those that go into the humanities, social sciences, et cetera, are easily manipulated and indoctrinated. And the leaders who went in there, who avoided the draft in the 60s, who ran up to Canada and then came back when they felt it was safe. And people wonder why Canada is so screwed. Well, basically, Canada is so screwed because they invited all the draft dodgers from the U.S. to go up there and, and survive. And it's yeah. a situation where it's like they get what they ask for. They they got a Trudeau and then they got a corrupt son. So, you know, again, it's a situation where people get what they who they deserve. And, well, we're watching the same thing take place yeah, here, course. unfortunately. I mean, that that's one of the challenges. You mentioned something uh, a few moments ago with regards to uh, you know, that, that, uh, uh, the base foundation and, 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 and again, going back to the importance of how faith is, is playing a role in, in the decision making that, that you do. When we think about politicians, I ask people all the time, when I say politician, what do you think? And they say, oh, well, you know, liar and thief and all these different things. And then I say to them, you know, they're supposed to be your representation. So when you go into the bathroom and look in the mirror, what do you see? And yeah. and and when you stop and think about that, it should change, I believe, how we select the individuals that are going to represent us. And I think, you know, it's it's when you bring that up and you try to you try to like you're talking about that with this lady that you're running against. Uh, you know, it's it's you can say, yeah, she's, uh, you know, uh, maybe she's a nice lady. I don't know. But here are the things that she is that are that are that are the policies that she is promoting. She is promoting, as you said, the mutilation of children. She is promoting murdering babies. She is promoting uh, change cha- and sterilizing of kids so they can have kids in the future. Yeah, and, and, and so the government decides they're not worthy. If they have Down syndrome, they should be killed in the womb. If they have Down syndrome, they should be sterilized as teenagers. If they're Black, Hispanic, or whatever else, 
they should be sterilized because they have too many kids out of wedlock. And it, it's all the eugenics, it, it's the liberal racism of the 20s and, and going backwards all the way to the KKK and others. And people want to accuse, leftists want to accuse us of being racist because we say that all lives matter. Well, the Black Lives Matter people don't seem to care about all the uh, all the fetuses who happen to be black and particularly the girls who are killed in the womb because it's in almost all societies, people would rather have sons than girls because sons can be productive when they grow up. And that's the perversion of the one child, one child policy in India, as well as in China, where that Hillary Clinton Craze and I'm sure and Planned Parenthood page craze as well, because basically, in spite of the fact that basically people, if they had a choice, they would kill the kill the little girl or kill the unborn little girl. And it's perverted, it's depraved. Yeah. But the thing is, people have a choice. They one thing that's very, very clear in Timothy, where it says that people want their ears tickled and they go after false doctrine. Well, people, there are a lot of people that want to be lied to because then they feel better about themselves. They want to be lied to. And so if someone tells them the truth, you're being lied to, they'll say, no, no, you're the liar, you're the liar. And us as Republicans and conservatives, we, we are polite and we don't really know how to respond appropriately. And But we can be educated to do so and point out the fact their positions are racist and proving that they are the ones who are, and then they don't know what to respond other than call you names, and then they look stupid. So I think we just have to be small, smarter and wiser in how we deal this. And it's a situation where there's a lot of people that don't understand why Trump is so popular. Well, Trump is so popular because he he built a business. He did it honorably. They they've been trying to go after him for legal reasons for decades, and been unsuccessful. And it's a situation where he decided he wanted to go out and do something. And that's not the power structure of the Republicans of the Uniparty, where they want to anoint their leaders and get more of the same of them, who essentially where power is all important. When in reality, President Trump basically wants to serve the country in spite of his many flaws, which he, he doesn't see the point of, of agreeing with. He has them because the left will use them as a club and change the subject. And so it's a situation where they don't, they're so hypocritical, they're not willing to hit, stand by their own standards. And that's why, in some respects, God's law, as, as talked about in Psalm 119, helps us to discern between the evil ones and those who are truly good and serving the Lord because those who are truly good will understand there's great freedom in the law because God is essentially warning us what not to do and asking us to treat others as we want to be treated. And that's the nature of the gospel, but it also means that we're supposed to treat everybody as individuals. The thing is so weird is that people miss the basic science of even the color of someone's skin. If someone lives on the equator where they're exposed to the sunlight for a lot more of the year, yes, their skin will be brown because of melanin. It protects them from UV radiation. Whereas if they live in Norway, they're not exposed to the same kind of sun. And so they have lighter skin, big deal. 
But the thing is, a lot of this is tribalism. It's people want tribes to fight one another, which was just going on in, a, in the Ukraine and Russia. That's been going on for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And, and they're both corrupt. They're both things. Both sides are corrupt and they want to kill each other. They've been doing it for hundreds of years. And the only solution to that kind of thing is stop fueling it and say, no, you guys work it out. And and basically, and and those that are corrupt and want to take the money that they're getting and use it to give cocaine to themselves and then siphon it off so that they goes to arms dealers in, in Africa and others, it's, as far as I'm concerned, they don't deserve any taxpayer money, particularly when the taxpayer money just comes out of the pockets of working men and women in the U.S. And Representative Ross supports all that nonsense. And basically, it's a situation where we got corrupt Biden in there because Republicans were lazy and were unwilling to kind of put the safeties in place and fight back when they were trying to set this up uh, two years two years before 2020 happened. Or What's your website, Dr. Jean? Huh? Sorry? Your website. Well, it's it's very simple. It's it's G Douglas with two S's dot US. And I've got a substack. I attach my campaign website to my substack. And uh basically I got a lot of materials from Durham materials, Twitter spaces of all sorts of interests, even some Christian sermons and sermons by Howard Hendricks on the Christian family and on Jonah and such like that. So it's like I set that up a couple of years ago because I have a lot of stuff in my on my hard drives that I thought, oh, well, the public could use it. And so basically, um, sure, I'd love people to support to do it. And I'm hoping to raise enough money so that I can get on the ballot and continue this. But it's all in God's hands. And if God wants me to continue it, he'll provide the funds. And so, yes, I things, but, but basically uh, to win, I, that's in God's hands. I'm not. All I know is that God wants me to stand up and stand up for what's right and, and speak out. Like it says in Ezekiel chapter three, sure. I believe. Yep. It says, if if you don't stand up and speak against this, I will hold you responsible. And I don't want to be God to hold me responsible because I know what to say. Oh, I, I I will. He, he further says that he will hold their blood at your hands. And uh, and he says you may even lose your own salvation, right? For, for, for not, yeah. Which 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 falls in line with Jesus's commandment, which is the Great Commission: Go ye and preach the gospel. Right, and in some respects, we found the same thing when we were running in Hawaii because I ran for U.S. Senate against Senator Daniel Noy. My wife decided to put her name in to run for the primary for. Hawaii District 2, she won won the primary and didn't get support from many Republicans because they were pro-abortion. But the point is that God enabled her to win the primary and get a third of the vote against Patsy Mink. But at least we took a stand, and that's what God wanted us to do. And the way what the campaign I'm doing now is to honor her because she died in early July. And and so basically it's a situation where she went to be with the Lord, and now her confusion and such like that, because her family that she came out of became a Christian at age 21 was a total mess, a disaster, as was mine. 
And and so in some respects, she got kind of sucked back into that old family thing. But God took her home and ended her suffering and such like that. And in a way, this is dedicated not only to the Lord, and but to her as well, because she made a valiant effort and won the primary and ran against Patsy Mink. So maybe I won the primary run against Elizabeth Ross, but that's <laughs> what I win. That's in God's hands. So I'll trust him on that. Well, we will uh, we will keep you in our prayers with regards to that, and uh, and and as you're Thank doing, you. we'll 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 trust that the Lord will be uh, will be the one who who helps you, and and either way, uh, in His sovereignty, it'll it will it will work out uh, the way that it's supposed to work out. I think you've got the right attitude about it. I would say continue to uh, just stand on the fact that God put you in the race. And um, and and continue to let uh, the the faith of the Son of God, according to Galatians two twenty, work in you and through you. I'm I'm sorry well, for your well, husband. It, as- it, it, it's funny you bring that up because that that verse was my uh, high school secular high school yearbook uh, verse that went next to my picture. So I, I there you go. Well, that's that's my that's one of that's that that's one of my life verses, brother. That's one of my life verses. That's my testimony Uh, in a nutshell. Galatians two twenty. So, thank you. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, hey, we're going to take our uh, break. We come back. Melanie Collette and I had a great conversation about uh, about presenting Christianity on social media, and uh, wasn't where we thought we where we thought we were going, but it's where the Lord led us. So uh, we'll I'm going to play that for you coming up right now. I'll be back with more Children Generation Radio coming up on the other side. Uh, let's get that rocking out. They're fighting with guns. Instead, we are 